0: I'm really glad to be here. Uh, one more time to see you again, and to be able to share the, the word of God. It's always a blessing to be here at Granville, especially because I live in Parkdale. So Granville is already blessing my life. I came to study at Regent, and I'm able to have a special place to be with special people around me. Some of them are part of uh, Granville, too. So it's really good to be here. This morning, and uh, keep uh, uh, moving on with this series of messages on the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, this morning, we're going to talk about uh, growing self control. Uh, This is the last one in the list that uh, Andrew read for us, and it's, uh, I think, kind of a summary of. Paul is talking about in the letter to the Galatians. Uh, And it's a strange idea for our society to think about self-control. Because we live in a society of control, but not self-control. Most of the time there's someone trying to control us with many, many uh, ways of doing that. Even if it's our bank trying to tell us how we should guide our finances, or family members trying to say what we need to do with our lives, or friends that have expectations upon us, there's always a way of control. But what this text is calling us today is to grow in self-control. This morning I'd like to focus on the verses 13 to 14 that speaks about freedom. How is it possible to talk about self-control and freedom? One is the path to the other one, so that we are able to love in humbleness. Uh, But, yeah, while preparing this message, I was searching my heart, And throughout these last two weeks, I've been in a lot of situations that I was thinking, oh, I need to grow in (laughs) self-control. One of them was uh, when I was coming back home after a long day of work and doing other tasks, I went to pick up Fabi, my wife, and we realized that our groceries had gone. And we're like, coming back home, there will be nothing to eat at home, and we're like, oh, we need to go to the gro- to do some grocery shopping. But it's late at night, and we're like, we went there, we bought some stuff, and we're like, okay, so now we need something to for our dinner. And there there's no dinner ready, <laughs> so we need to cook everything. And in the past two months, we're like trying to eat less uh, fast food, but that was the perfect stage for us to be like, oh, let's go g- grab some burger. <laughs> and I was like, honey, I want burger. And she was like, but we're trying to be better than that. I'm like, but I want burger. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> and she was like, but we, we just bought some groceries. We can go home and cook something but then I'll need to clean. <laughs> I want a burger. It's fast, it's easy. Sometimes uh, the situation that we are in is kind of inviting us to give up of the things that we are committed. Some things it's kind of, sometimes it's kind of like a stage that is ready for us to give up of who we are and what we really want. And that kind of takes over control upon us. But thanks God, Fabi was amazing. She was like, honey, just remember, we're trying to eat less fast food. I was like, "Okay, I'll stick with this. I'll believe in you. (laughs) And then we arrived home, we cooked, and it was amazing. And we we were able to stick with what we committed. But it's hard, right? Some situations, uh, we feel that we don't have control even upon ourselves. Some situations are ready to make us lose control of ourselves. I don't know if you have this, sometimes when I'm thinking about my life, my, my story, I remember some conversations that I had in the past and I feel a deep sorrow for the things that I've said. I feel like, oh, I didn't want to to have said that to that person. I remember that, and the same feeling that I had at the time comes back to me quickly, because I lost control on that situation. Or the way that we eat, the way that we deal with our media, working with students at Kerry, a number of times I hear them saying to me, I want to spend less time with my cell phone. And isn't that also a feeling that we have in a day that we spend a lot of time with screens and we're like, oh, but I'll, I'll have some entertainment and then I go to another screen. And the other day we're like, oh, I lost my time. So self-control is something that we really need in our life. And we know that we need to grow in it. But how? How is this possible? How should we uh, engage with our inner self and be like Fabi was to me? You can be to yourself and say, no, stick with it a little bit longer. Don't say that. Don't lose your temper. So this morning we're going to read. We already read, but I want to read with you the two verses again, the 13 and 14. Uh, That's how Paul uh, calls us to engage with the fruits of the Spirit and for self-control as a kind of summary of the other ones. This is what Paul wants us to build in our lives. He says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. So he's making a call here that is kind of uh, the end of his letter, where he's been discussing with Galatians in, in a very strong way that they shouldn't accept a new gospel, that they should retain the gospel that was preached to them by Paul. And he used a strong language sometimes because some people were coming to that church that had received the gospel and they were talking to them about a kind of a step back on God's grace. They were saying to the Galatians that God's great grace was good. God loved them, but they also needed to do stuff to be accepted by God. They needed to uh, become like the Jews. In their practices. And Paul is calling them back. And saying no. Do not accept that. Because by God's grace. You are now free. And what they are calling. uh, God's will. That is for you to. Think about the law. Fulfill the law by yourself. That's not salvation. God's salvation. Is offered by Christ, freely. And when you have this, you don't need to fulfill rituals. You don't need to be uh, someone that bases the center of your life in the religion and the steps to achieve salvation. You can live by the Spirit. And that is a bigger Way of God showing His grace in your life. And then He comes to this part where He says that now this community that is centered in the life of the Spirit must be a community shaped by the Spirit. And he's, He uses this idea, these two ideas of flesh against Spirit, as human will, and God's will. One is filled with desires, filled with passions, filled with uh, a way of doing things by yourself, and the other one is filled with surrender, with love, with humbleness with true friendship. One, the flesh, will produce a number of problems, and he describes that. And the other one will produce life, true life, eternal life right now, and accessible to all. Uh, And he has this idea of looking to the history of salvation, And showing to them that God is willing to do that throughout the whole time. And that is the gospel that he wants them to believe. That God created humankind to be freely uh, available for love. God created humankind to have a balanced life. To love each other and to love God above all things. But because uh, the enemy set the stage, the humankind fell and lost this condition of freedom and got imprisoned by its own search for pleasure, by its own search for uh, status, for power, for money. And because of that, the humankind needs salvation. Need someone from outside to come and free them from this situation, and God, God enters in the history in the people of Israel, showing His grace. And uh, in the Bible history, there is one event called Exodus that is very important to show how God wants to free people from this situation. And this becomes something very deep-rooted in his people's lives. But when he frees his people, he gives them the law. That in their history is something that shows them, makes very clear how imprisoned they are. Not by others, but by themselves. Because they cannot keep the law. No one can. No one can fulfill all the rules that God sets. And that shows them and shows to us how in imprisoned we are, how we don't have self-control. And in the right time, to change the universe, the history forever, God comes. He sends His Son, Jesus. The only one that is human and can have perfect self control throughout his entire life, even in the worst situations. And at the end, Jesus achieved something that for Paul is the most important thing that the Galatians should stick with: that is salvation from this imprisonment that is outside and inside. It's eternal freedom to be with God. And Christ achieves that because he fulfills all the law. But at the end, he decides to do something that wasn't expected. He decides to freely give up of his life for our benefit. And by doing that, he opens the possibility for us to now fight against those things that imprison us. To fight against those things that makes us lose control and live a life now by the Spirit. Before Christ we are imprisoned by the flesh we tend to be greedy we tend to be uh, lustful we tend to be people of gossip but now in Christ we have the possibility of let the spirit build in us inner freedom A strong heart, a strong will that is not based on our achievements, but is based on Christ's achievements. Because Christ was able to defeat this imprisonment, the sin, we're now also able to take this benefit to ourselves. And live a new life. And restart again. And with that. Paul says to them. Because you have this gospel. You must love each other. Because you have freedom. You must use your freedom wisely. Because you are set free. Now you can truly be. What God wants you to be. And when you leave that. You're going to see the transformation happening from a life that only produces death to a life that really produces new life in you and around you. And that is the call of God to the church. That is the call of God for Granville. That is the call of God to the churches in Vancouver, to the churches in the world, to be a place of New life. A place guided by the Spirit. Uh, I thank God for the musics that we had today. Thank you. It was such uh, a special moment that was driven by the Spirit. Such a sensibility that we're calling God. Guide us. Christ, thank you for setting us free from these chains. Now we are able to build a life of self-control. But there are challenges. I want to share some of them with you. I don't want to extend in them. But I want to talk about some of the challenges that we face when we're trying to deal with self-control. But keep this in mind. they are challenges. But because the Holy Spirit lives in you is available in you. You can grow. You can always restart again. You have always forgiveness from God. And your life is going in this direction of becoming more like Jesus. One of the challenges that are set up for us, and Paul says this when he's describing the the fruits of the flesh, is sexual immorality. He talks about this. He says that uh, there's sexual immorality, impurity, and at the end, he even mentioned orgies. This is something that is weird to think about, right? It's weird to think about. But it's in every aspect of, of our society. And it's somehow trying to take over control of us. All the media is advancing on bringing things to our eyes. Sometimes we don't want to even look to things, and they come to our eyes. And the challenge with sexual immorality um, has to do with being something that people usually don't like to talk about but it's inside of everyone, and it's natural, it's made by God, but if it's not controlled, it can be very destructive. Um, It is something very natural to human beings to feel that, because God uh, created that in us. It's a passion, it's a drive that we have inside of us. But someone once used This image of a river that when it's running in its course, it's an amazing thing. But once it's blocked, once somehow it changes its course, it becomes destructive. Uh, I remember uh, one pastor from Brazil, uh, the country that that I come from. sharing with us, other pastors, the challenges in the ministry while I was studying there. And he told us a history about his early years as minister, where he, by God's grace, had uh, a direction from the Spirit in one situation. Uh, He was uh, counseling a number of members of the church, but there was one woman that was going through a problem in her marriage. And he was counseling her. And his office was an open office, there were other people around. Uh, but one night, she called him like, oh, my husband uh, is terrible, he left uh, the house and I'm in a terrible situation, I need help. And it was like, Midnight or something. And he says that he was like, okay, it's midnight. Uh, I need to go there. The way that she spoke looks like a a real crisis, a terrible crisis. But God was like, but call someone to go with you. (laughs) And then he called one of the elders. The elder was already sleeping. (laughs) But he woke up like, I'm going with you. And when they arrived, she was wearing very inappropriate uh, clothes. And she was very concerned because she saw that there was someone else with him. And oh, no, no, it's not a crisis, it's nothing. And he said to us, sometimes situations around us, they're challenging. And you need to understand that There is something inside of you, of course, that you can take control of, but also you can control the situation around you so that you don't lose your self-control. God gave us this possibility of controlling the situation around us. There's, uh, in, in the book of Genesis, a story about a man called Joseph. He was sold as a slave by his brothers And he went to work in Egypt. And because he was faithful to God, he had a good master. And this master gave him a lot of opportunities. And he was responsible for all the business of this master. And even for his house. But the wife of this master, Potiphar, wanted Joseph. Wanted to be with him. And she started to make the move. And one day, they were alone. The situation wasn't good for them, especially for him. And he 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 didn't want anything with her. And she went up to him. Well, in this situation, the best thing to do is ask Joseph. Just run. (laughs) Leave everything behind and run. If you're in a situation like that, especially with sexual immorality... And you realize, like, oh, I'm about to lose my control. Just run. But if you have the possibility of not putting yourself in this situation, it's better. And this is freedom from the Holy Spirit for you. The Holy Spirit will give you the insight that will help you to understand what are your limits, how you can handle this. The second challenge that I would like to talk this morning about self-control is what he calls here as fits of rage. Fits of rage, and this is a strange thing because when you have some fit of rage, when you have uh, when you burst out with rage, it's something that not even you is waiting for that. Uh, The challenge here is because it's something that boils up inside of you. And you don't see it coming. And when it happens, already gone. And it takes a while for you to calm down, and once you calm down, you can think, what have I done? What happened to me? And this has the same direction as sexual immorality, because If you take a closer look to what's happening inside of you, it's possible to not put yourself in that situation. It is possible to not put yourself in that situation. Let's say, uh, for work, you can kind of track how's your stress going. What is my level of stress? You can do it now. What is your level of stress this morning? What is your level of stress when you arrive at work Monday morning, when you leave work on Friday, if work Monday to Friday? What is your level of stress? And if you keep track of that, it is possible to see it coming. But if not, you also need to have a resource to deal with this. Sometimes we're just overloaded. One of the things that the medias that we have available to us do to us is to make us lose part of our privacy. So sometimes you're at home and you receive a message from work. Sometimes you're trying to be at peace or to rest and there's something, that an emergency that you need to deal with. An email that you don't want to deal with, but it is there, you need to answer it. So, when those things come, they can build up and boil you from inside so that you lose your temper. So, I remember a really good friend of mine, a pastor, he gave me an amazing advice to deal with that. He gave me a short prayer that you can do on those situations. And I want to share with you. You can modify it. You can use it in a different way. But he says more than one time, Lord, give me the right feeling and the right response to this. And breathe. Lord, give me the right feeling and the right response to this until you're able to have the right feeling and to give the right response to the situations. How many relationships would be solved if people pray before bursting into a fit of rage with anger toward others? We can see it in the traffic, right? We can see it everywhere, but this is a call to us, the ones that are building their lives in the spirit, to bring peace, to bring joy, and to have self-control on those situations. And some people will say, oh, that is just me. That's the way I am. But God is calling you to grow. For some people, it will be a little bit harder because, yeah, this is the way they are. But they also call to go, to grow. A third one that I would like to share is uh, more extensive, extensively uh, treated in the letter of James. That is to control our mouths, our tongue. And this one is very interesting because we think we have control of what we say. But what James says is that our mouth controls us. And uh, it's an interesting situation that sometimes happens to Brazilian people that comes to North America. That is, we usually, that's a cultural thing, we usually say to people, oh, let's do something together, or come to my place. But you don't mean that. You're just being nice. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes people would say, yeah, when? (laughs) In North America, and we're like, oh, that's true. For them, things mean what they're really saying. (laughs) But once you said it, you're now committed. So you need to make dinner to people when you invite them. (laughs) You need to set a time. (laughs) Our mouths control us. This is just a funny cultural situation, but there's a number of times when we say things that we don't want to say and now we're committed to that. Or we say things about people that is not exactly what we think about them. And having the ability to control what we say is a precious, a precious thing. Makes us reliable, makes us someone that is truthful, makes us someone that helps other people to believe that God's operating in our lives and in their lives. Being at this moment here with you, for me, I was praying, God, control my mouth. Because whatever I'm saying here is very important to the people that are here gather. And they want to be guided by you, but you called me, and you know me, and you know that I'm not perfect. But what we say can be a precious gift from God to other people. But this is a hard task, to know how to control our mouths, to know when to stop, and especially to know when to hear what people have to say. For some people, it's a challenge to stop gossiping. Some people just like it, like to know about other other people's lives, like like to share about this, but it's hard. But this is something that hurts people. I don't know about you, but some moments in my life I was the focus of gossip. And this is very harmful. You lose your trust in people, you lose the joy to be in a place. But God's calling us to seize that. To be truthful, to tell people what we think about them in person and to be able to hear that. Another thing for some people is hard to end with is cursing. And I'm not saying this in a moralistic way, but it's something that is also destructive. Because it brings uh, dissension, it poisons the air... It poisons uh, the conversation around you, and brings it brings it to a level that is not good. And we are called to overcome that, and it's hard. I know. Sometimes you're with some friends that are used to it, and we're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but we're called to be salt to the world. We're called to be light to this world, and to set a new standard of of conversation. But we can only do that by growing, by growing in our self-control and controlling our mouths. Those three challenges that I presented here, there are challenges. It is good to uh, understand our sexual uh, drives, and deal with them, and if they're like the river flowing in the right direction, that's a blessing from God uh, for people that are married, for people that are single. God has a calling on that direction, on that sense. For our, uh, the way that we deal with uh, our wrath, our rage, this feeling, this drive that we have inside of us, also is placed there by God. And if it's guided on the right direction, with self-control, it's something good, because when we get annoyed with something, we change it, and this is good. But if it doesn't have self-control, it can be destructive for relationships, for other people's self-esteem. And also, to speak is a blessing. It's a blessing to talk to others but it's a higher blessing to be able to hear others and to control our mouths. This morning, I would like to invite you, to challenge you on those areas, to think on how those areas are affecting you, how those areas are affecting your relationship, your relationships, and how those areas are affecting your relationship with God. Because as Paul said, brothers and sisters, you are called to be free. You are called to be free. So, don't give space to the flesh to guide your life. Give space to the Holy Spirit to guide you. Make the necessary changes that need to be done so that you are not in the same situation. Make the changes that need to be done so you're not placed in a position that your self-control is compromised. Make the correct changes so that when by any chance you are there, you have resources to use, to run from that and keep committed to God. I'd like to stress, this is not a calling for just a moral change. This is a call from God. To leave the gospel in its full. As a response of love. A free response of love. To God's grace. And that's the beauty of the gospel. And that's the beauty of self-control. That's why it's possible. To experience. Freedom. In the whole world idea that God, God had for it. Only because we freely give our lives in humble love to each other, controlling, setting limits to ourselves. ourselves. The society thinks that freedom has to, do to, has to do with doing whatever you think it's good. For God. Freedom is to put limits to yourself for love to others. May God guide you this morning, bless you, and help you with whatever is your weakness. Help you grow and make the changes that are needed. Maybe uh, from a week, a week from now you won't remember all three of them. But commit to one. Think about one. Think about one change that you want to do, freely do, for yourself, for God, and for the others around you. And that's the way that you'll be showing love as Paul wants us to show, as God wants us to show. May God bless you and keep you uh, well on this path towards becoming like Jesus, amen.